bring in our first guest here today. Bo Baruch is joining us. He's the president for Blue Line Futures. He's here to talk commodities. Bill, good to have you with us. I want to begin with your thoughts on that CPI softening. Uh, yesterday, the data impressing uh, traders. You saw the move up here in terms of the indices we just looked at. We also have AAA reporting the national average for a gallon of gas below $4 now, uh, down from that mid-June high we saw up around $5. Yeah, it's the uh, you know the inflation showdown at, at Jackson Hole. That's what we're building into here. Uh, this this July number um, definitely came in softer than expected. You know, we we were looking for this thing to start to cool off a little bit, and that's, this is that pocket of time. You know, as you mentioned, gasoline prices are coming in sharply, mm -hmm. 54, 55 days in a row. Um, and and then when we look at uh, Jackson Hole later this later this month, you're not going to have to see Fed Chair Powell start to reinvigorate new hawkishness. I think that that's the where the relief is. Um, but the, the battle with inflation is not done yet. It, it's just this pocket of time now uh, is where it's cooling and it brings on a, a risk on rally. You know, I like that. And I think you're right. The battle with inflation isn't done yet. And, and I guess that kind of leads me into my next question because uh, uh, Fed speakers are kind of looking past this data, it seems like. I mentioned at the top of the show as well, comments from Daly, comments from Kashkari, and ultimately they're still talking about rate hikes to come. Yeah, you, they, they can't acknowledge it fully because if they start to acknowledge it fully and, if they're, and say that their work is, is, is working, what they've done is working, then you're going to see prices move higher. I mean, right now you're already seeing prices move higher, and that's their fear is that you're going to have this, this inflation reinvigorated. I think it's less about seeing the equity market higher. I think it's less about you know seeing some commodities higher. I think it's more about what we're going to see this winter when it comes to uh, you know energy prices in, in Europe and what, what the, uh, tr uh, the sort of the rippling effect is going to be on inflation. I, I do expect inflation to pick back up, but this is that pocket of time right now. It's how do we make money in this market? And it's, it's building into that inflation showdown of Jackson Hole that we've been talking about since April. And now we have this pocket of time that that uh, I, I think the market is pointing higher here. It's going to start to squeeze some bears, uh, squeeze the shorts. So you got fresh buying coming in uh, from the short covering. But you also have a lot of advisors that that took clients down hedge fund. Like, advisors took clients down to 30 to 50 percent cash. I mean, from what I've been hearing in, in May and June. And that's I, I just think that's crazy. And, and now that money has to get back to work. And, and then as well, you have hedge funds here that are just pressing the gas because they have to recoup their year in order to, to uh, stop a bleed of AUM. So it's it's really just money having to go back to work here, as well as bears covering. Uh, I, I think the S&P can get up to the 200-day moving average of 43.20. Uh, that's a good level for us to keep an eye on here. And we're not far from that right now. Again, currently uh, at 42.30 here. Let's talk a little bit, uh, Bill, about, um, uh, you know, you commented on um, uh, the oil situation in terms of uh, uh, the EU and December, ultimately, uh, you know, what we could be dealing with. You know, I think that's important because we heard that from the IEA. Uh, they were talking about basically that's when the EU ban on Russian oil comes into play is in December. Um, so, I mean, uh, I guess I'm sort of wondering, as all this plays out, uh, um, you know, crude oil ultimately finding support around this $90 level as of recent. But uh, again, obviously some uh, concerns in terms of what lies ahead. Yeah, there's been some uh, 87.56 was a level we, we had as this, you know, this thing was falling out. And, and uh, it's been in a good battle at 87.56. Yesterday's 
Uh, you saw the pipeline uh, into Slovakia started to, was was turned back on much sooner than people anticipated, with which was the reason why crude spiked on Tuesday morning. So as we consolidated, you know, after CPI came down, the EIA numbers, which have been very distorted, and um, you have SPR coming bills, back, right? I think it was a little a little more than five million barrels of SPR yesterday. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a little more of S, uh, of five million barrels from SPR came back. And I so saw the big draw in gasoline is what was, I think, the catalyst to see crude higher here. Um, but but really, a big build in crude, big build in distillates. Um, I, I think it's just very, very distorted. So you have the draw in gasoline, despite a big pickup, 3.3% uh, uh, week over week in refinery utilization. I, I, I just think the numbers, those EIA numbers have been very distorted. It's, it's hard to follow a, a lead there. But I think just trusting the price action, trusting the broader story that, that uh, you're going to see a, this market above $100 again. Bill, sticking with crude here for another minute, um, we heard from the uh, EIA earlier this week, the IEA this morning. We're waiting to hear from OPEC last I look. I hadn't seen anything out from them. How closely are you watching these reports in terms of a bigger picture kind of discussion? Yeah, I, I think you want to hear about what their thoughts are on on uh, the demand side. I mean, it, it, the global recession is, is really what everybody's talking about. If they're worried about about the demand side, um, you know, you could see some near term reactions to lower in the market, but they're unlikely to bring back added supply if they're fear of, of, of demand. Uh, that, that's OPEC, if you will. Um, so it's again, it's an evolving narrative, and I think it's it's. Uh, I mean, a lot of headlines driving this market, but but I think trusting the process that there's a lot of value at ninety dollars that we're in in the front month contract, and and uh, we're going to see this market higher. I I I don't see a reason why we won't see this back above hundred bucks soon. All right, looks like the IEA, as I, I dig into this one, they lifted their estimates for world consumption by about three hundred eighty thousand barrels a day. So. Uh, something to keep an eye on. And it, you know, you mentioned the build in inventories yesterday. I did notice gasoline production was up, but yet inventories were down. So kind of speaking to some demand possibly coming back into play because we've been hearing about how demand had been slowing in terms of gasoline as well there. Uh, let's move on here. I wanted to get your thoughts on metals. I mentioned at the top of the show gold getting a nice bid back up through the $1,800 level with obviously the dollar weakening factor. But we saw some geopolitics coming into play the last couple of weeks, U.S.-China relations in focus. What are you watching there? Uh, not only gold, but also in terms of some of the industrial metals, silver, for example, copper on the move higher as well. Is this all just the dollar weakening here, do you think? I'll tell you, I was really surprised yesterday to see gold really stall out above 1820, given what the dollar was doing and given that, that the Treasury yeah. complex was was stable to higher uh, overall. Maybe the bonds were, were a bit lower, but um, gold just coughed up the, the run yesterday that had the spike yesterday, silver as well. I, I envisioned them higher, but um, you know it, the dollar needs to continue to weaken. And can the dollar stay below here? So we've taken out that July 4th spike in the dollar. Um, and if the dollar stays weaker, I imagine that gold and silver are going to be higher. There, there's a lot of resistance. And, and silver, 2030 to 2050, is a huge, huge level, and it's just it's been a battle there. But the consolidation, I mean, I think just consolidating is, is constructive without rejecting the area. So watching for that to, to hold stable. I, I Seasonality, though, is also kicking in here. So okay. you have some bullish seasonals coming in for the metals. I, I remain upbeat on, on commodities in general, as I, as I am crude, as I am the metals. And um, I, I think there's higher prices here, but, but it's, it's an evolving narrative. you got to stay nimble and manage your risk.
Uh, we're looking at silver here real quick. I just want to flip and uh, show a couple products here to support the comments there. Again, Bill, you mentioned that big move up yesterday, 1824, but we came off sharply, as you pointed to. And I have to agree, I was watching the dollar, which weakened significantly below 105 yesterday. And I'm thinking, why isn't gold continuing higher? And then I also just wanted to point out where things stand in terms of gold just getting above the 50-day moving average. Bill, um, maybe not as closely watched or heavily as traded, but the grains, you know, we were talking earlier in the week about some of these inputs in terms of CPI and how we were expecting prices or the number to show a reflection of uh, um, inflation pressures easing because, again, we'd seen crude oil come off from 130 basically recently to 87. We've seen uh, uh, corn, grains, uh, halved, uh, you know, um, from 14 down to 7, basically. Uh, um, wheat coming off the beans, all of them for the most part. But uh, um, metals we just talked about in terms of copper from 5 to 3, uh, roughly. You know, I don't want to necessarily split hairs here. I think it was 313 or something was the recent low. But, but talk to us a little bit about grains because tomorrow we've got the WASDE report. How closely you've been watching in terms of them factoring into this inflation narrative and also in terms of some potential movement uh, tomorrow in reaction to the uh, USDA re release. I, I think there's some room to move up in the grains here. Um, the the sort of suppressed price action in, in things like wheat, um, it's, it's definitely signaling there's a floor there. So we just need to find something that's supportive from a, from a fundamental basis that's going to that's going to drive it higher. So it's suppressed against building this floor in the 21 day moving average moving into there. Uh, strong session yesterday should be able to get tailwinds. The weaker dollar should be helping as well. Uh, corn, depending how you're looking at it from a contract, did have a, a decent inverse head and shoulders build out as well. So technicals are very favorable right now for the grains. I think if anything, though, uh, corn, you could see some of the uh, some of the, the progress, some of the some of the, the crop expectations be a little lower in the, in the in the coming months. And that could be a bullish catalyst. However, you look at something like wheat and, and you mentioned it, it's it's nearly halved or you know coming off the, the highs really sharply. Um, it's still double what it, what sort of the average price for the last 10, 20 years is. So it's it's tough, to, you know, it's a tough situation where you want to be bullish um, sort of uh, on this evolving narrative and, and a weakening weakening dollar. But how much upside are you going to find in some of the subs too? You got to be realistic. Okay. Uh, appreciate you joining us here this morning, Bill. Always a pleasure to have you here. And a great breakdown in terms of commodities and your look this morning. Bill Baruch, the president of Blue Line Futures.